and welcome to the Jill Cruz podcast. This is Jill Cruz. And today I had the pleasure of speaking with my friend Mindy Barnett. And Mindy is an entrepreneur, a business owner, an author, and she's actually in graduate school for psychology to become a psychotherapist. We talked about an encore career. That was a term I learned from another podcast guest that Mindy is pursuing. And she is definitely someone who has a lot going on in her life professionally and personally, and just an, an amazing dynamic woman. She is a former news anchor. So part also lends itself to her current business, which is the public relations. So we talked about burnout and uh, relating what she's learning in school and her master's program to being an entrepreneur and having so many things going on in life and how to mitigate that. And we also talked about, you know, as, as a business owner, some leadership topics like around having a team and how you approach your team and, and treat them like family. And uh, so we talked about some anecdotes uh, that she's experienced in her business and my business. Uh, so this is a really fun and lively and engaging conversation that I think you're going to get a lot out of. Enjoy. Hello, Mindy. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I'm super excited. I actually met you at a women's conference. She leads my friend, Adrian Garland, who for some reason or another has yet to be on this podcast. We have to get her on here. But oh, you have to get her on. She's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, she probably has a lot to say, to say the least. Yeah, yeah she definitely is. So so you were a speaker there and speaking about your business. And I, I had learned a lot from you actually about PR and you know how to use that in your business. So that was awesome. And then I invited you to come on because I have a lot of respect for you as, as a woman leader, you know, successful. I'd yeah. love to talk about that today. And you also happen to be getting a degree in psychology or is that the right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's essentially it. I'm getting my, um, my master's in marriage and family counseling. So I will be a psychotherapist when I graduate and pass my licensure. Yeah, I'm halfway through. I have a year and a half left. I start my practicum next year. So it's exciting. Yeah, that that is so cool. So I was really intrigued by that. And uh, you mentioned something just a few minutes ago when we were, before we started recording about burnout and how now it is um, a diagnosable, it's really a, a medical, it's a, a medical condition, a, you know, a I don't know if we would call it a disease state or not, if that's the right way to call it's it, but it's a syndrome. syndrome. It's a syndrome. Yes. So burnout yes. syndrome. And so we knew this, right? Like we, people in the health world have known this for a long time. So I'm glad this is finally <laughs> gotten done. The rest of the world <laughs> recognizing that we're actually, there's a real reason why we're tired and not feeling well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So can you, can you talk about burnout from that perspective, from what you've learned in your studies and your research, but also maybe bringing in some lessons, you know, for personally, like, have you had burnout and why is it important for us to pay attention to this? Absolutely. Um, where shall I start? I guess I'll talk first about what it is and then I can give you a couple of antidotes from my own life. How's that sound? So I, as you mentioned, I'm a student, um, a graduate student at Pepperdine University. And last term, I was taking a research um, and analysis class and we were asked to pick a topic that's sort of in line with the 
type of population we hope to, to treat when we graduate. My specialty has always been women, ideally, you know, essentially 35 to say 60. Although I think when I'm in practice, I probably will start a little younger and I'd like to hit some adolescents too before they are <laughs> my age and suffering. But <laughs> nevertheless, um, so uh, I picked burnout because as an entrepreneur, I found it interesting. I didn't know a whole lot about it. I knew what it was, but I didn't really know what was involved in it and how it's, you know, what causes it and, you know, how do you avoid it other than taking a nap or something like that. So I thought, <laughs> so it's, it's really interesting. And I also thought it was it's compelling is I rep, I represent a couple on mental health experts. And when the World Health Organization coined it as a, an official medical ailment in May of 2022, I pitched it a bunch for my clients to speak to it, but I still didn't know a, a lot. I knew enough to create, obviously, a pitch and get media interest, but I didn't know like the ins and outs and all of the, the data behind it and how long it's been going on. So the long and short of it is basically that we do indeed need to take a break, but you don't need to just go on vacation. There's science that shows while you're going on a trip, going on a vacation and fully unplugging for like eight to 10 days is definitely needed. It's not really going to solve the rest of the year when you are essentially, you know, working from home. The like, the, there's a very big blur between work and and privacy or personal time. There is the advent of technology, which is a blessing and a curse, where people can connect with you at all times of day and night, weekends, what have you. Whereas years before technology like that, before even laptops and so forth. Um, the phone is really the biggest culprit from the research I dug into. It's basically at our fingertips. And the difference between, say, a phone and a computer is you have to actually be like, you have to be intentional, sit down at your computer, log on to your computer, or check your email. Whereas the phone can bleep and then you have an email or bleep, you have a message and yeah. you know it's just always there, right? And so clients, bosses, whatever it may be, can connect with you. And a lot of people feel because they are, they feel pressure to respond or they just want to get my, my mindset is I, I mean, A, I feel like I need to show that I'm like a legion. I also would like to get it off my plate because that's how mm. I not to get it out of the way. But like, I, I'm one of those, like, I like to tackle it right away because yeah. I just want to feel like it's done. I feel I have more peace of mind and I can actually relax. But then two seconds later, there's another ding. And then I'm <laughs> So you don't really take that time. So when you don't actually have the time, your body doesn't actually recover. So the recovery period, every day we're supposed to get between like anywhere between say eight and 14 hours of recovery time. That's not sleep. That's time where you're actually engaging with your family, reading a book, meditating, taking a walk, just not being like, in, like engaged in work because of all of like the brain power that's used, your body, obviously all of the stressors, and I could get it onto all of that, like the neuroscience behind it. But the bottom line is we really do need to have that recovery time. And right. if you don't get that full recovery time because you are interrupted by, they call it like workplace interruption or something along, along those lines, you're starting the next day at a deficit mm -hmm. and then the next day at a deficit and sooner or later you're depleted and your leads to depression obviously sleep deprivation can lead to like some health ailments with your heart blood pressure things like that diabetes because it's all as we talked before we hit record your body and your mind are all kind of linked together mm -hmm. so my take home with learning about that and realizing that it's a 
I mean, I knew it was a real thing, but that it's something that we should all be mindful of every day. I always viewed that taking that personal time and not responding or whatever was, you know, lazy or not being a legion, as I mentioned. And mm-hmm. I'm still guilty of doing it, but I'm much more intentional to try to do, to unplug, you know, and not, or just put my phone on do not disturb or something like that and check my phone instead of every minute, like maybe like every couple of hours, because I work with the media and I can't not, you know, respond as I won't have clients and I won't have opportunities to share with my clients. So unfortunately I can't, I don't have the luxury, like some, you know, uh, occupations you can fully completely unplug, but I am more mindful and kind of alternating that. And then I also recognize that my employees need to also have that recovery time. So I am much more mindful not to bother them and be that work like intrusive person, (laughs) the boss that's texting and stuff. Unless it's an emergency, I just try to like maybe email them and just say, you know, you don't have to respond today. I'm just sending this to you because I want to get it off my plate, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just very, it's interesting. It's very interesting. And people need to understand that it starts with the employer. It starts from the leader down, right? But Mm -hmm. you have to understand that you do need to take that time because otherwise we're going to be a depleted nation. You're not. And I really think for me too, looking at it, like I, need that time. So I'm a better, I'm a better publicist. I'm a better entrepreneur. I'm a better worker made me feel less guilty. Yeah. That's, that's what I say all the time is like, if you, you know, it's a machine. I I know it's not a very feminine perspective, but I I like cars. (laughs) Maybe, you know, (laughs) not to say women don't love cars, but typically I'm like the only woman in the room. I'm like, I love cars, yeah. right? I'm into cars. And so I often yeah. go to that analogy of like, you know, you have this amazing vehicle, which is your body or car, right? And if you want it to run at its optimal, you have to give it the best fuel and take care of yeah. it, right? So yeah. that yeah. to me, I, I'm very, very fascinated by the whole world of actually getting more done in less time. How do we do that? How do we become highly efficient machines? And I think the only way to do that is to take care of the machine properly, like as if it was- I agree with you because you'll be more, you'll be like a leaner, meaner machine, right? If you come to the table every day with proper sleep, proper rest, you eat well, you know, you exercise, maybe you do your own personal growth, whatever that looks like for you, seeing a therapist, reading, whatever- and then you come to the table and you're like, obviously in your best form, right? Yeah, so like, yeah. it's like training for a marathon. If you don't work practice every day and then you go and try to run the New York marathon, you're not going to finish the marathon. You might even pass out right. as opposed to the, the, the you know, the, the other person who like trains every day, eats well, gets proper sleep, you know, nurtures injuries, like things like that. Yeah. So yeah, no, I fully agree with you. It's a really good analogy. Yeah. And sure. uh, I have, I have a question though. You mentioned about the eight hours. So in theory, one would work eight hours, sleep eight hours and, and have R and R, you know, kind of family time and all of that. Oh, eight hours. Is that, is that kind of the, the, I mean, I remember well, hearing that when sleep. I was a kid. It's the know? time before you sleep. I'm not counting sleep. It's like when you come home from work and like unwind, like say for argument's sake, like, let's just say in a perfect world, we all work nine to five. So you come home at five and it's that time between 
like you come home, wherever you're doing family, you don't have a family with your dogs, whatever, hang out with a friend, whatever it may be, whatever that looks like for you. And then up until you go to sleep, and then also some time in the morning before you go to work, you need that like those windows. So it could be like I'm saying like maybe four and four, Mm -hmm. it starts at about eight, yeah, give or take. Yeah. Okay. But you know, more take than give. It's it's interesting, because if you look at the day, first of all, how many people are only working eight hours and they might be working nine to five, but then they're commuting. Right. So already most people, it's actually 10 hours, probably realistically of work time. Because it cuts into your personal time. Right. And and you know what it's called? I just remembered it's called work home interference. That's what it's called. Uh WHI is the acronym. And that is like really the biggest pitfall of the, and my research showed that the cell phone made it even more prevalent, which makes sense because I feel like, a lot of, well, there's more women working today than there were before too. There's a lot of other reasons why, but the main piece of what I researched was the phone, the phone being the biggest culprit because it's literally like an intrusion, you know, unless you lock it up in a safe and, or, or, or like I, for me, I put it on the do not disturb because at least I see the messages. But if I'm not like, if it's not in front of my face, I'm not yeah. hearing it dinging constantly. And I feel like I have to check it. Yeah. You know, I just give myself those periods of time where I check it. That's been working for me. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I guess kind of what I was getting at, like you mentioned the sleep is that what I notice a lot of people do is their, their work time is bleeding into this non-work time, let's say, right? Oh yeah. That's the work from interference. Yeah. But then where do a lot of people compromise is their sleep. It's like, oh, I'm going to stay up. You know, I've been stressed out all day. I've been working and and now I've been half working for the past four hours. Now I just want, I don't want anybody to bother me. So I'm going to watch Netflix for two hours and I'm going to go to bed at midnight and get up at six, you know? So it it, it like bleeds out to the sleep and the sleep is so important for brain recovery. Yeah. No, that's very good point. It's true. I find myself do that. I do that sometimes too. Like for instance, last night I took a test and my intention was I was going to reward myself, but I didn't because I didn't do well. That's not a story for another day, (laughs) but I was going to reward myself and watch this show. I've been watching periodically when I can squeeze in some time on Hulu and I would have stayed. I mean, I didn't because I, I, was upset after the test, but like, had I done well, <laughs> um, my class ended at 10, which is normally the time I get ready to go to bed. I'm usually sleeping by 1030, but I easily would have stayed up till midnight probably for my reward. Yeah. No. Yeah. And then I would have come to work as a zombie, which would have been mm-hmm. not good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you're in school, you're going to, you told me kind of ease your way into this career eventually, maybe doing it full time. Actually, I want to tell you, that was the other thing I wanted to mention to you. I had a guest on the podcast last week. She started her, as she called it, encore career when she was in her mid sixties and she oh, became that's a psycho. I love that. Yeah. yeah. She became a psychotherapist. I love the encore career coin. I have not heard yes. that. Yeah. Okay. And she, she was, uh, she's also, that was a great episode, but um, super sharp. And she's, well beyond the age that anybody would, I mean, she's been doing it for like 20 years. So her second career, can you imagine? And so she's like killing it, you know, and a sharp, very, very sharp. I think, you know, that's amazing. That engagement does keep your brain sharper, but in your current world is that you have this successful business and you have people working with you, you know, for you, right. You have a team. 
Do you have anything you want to share around that? Like you mentioned trying to set the tone of like not being this intrusive employer and, you know, setting the Mm -hmm. standard of like, take care of yourself so you can be better. Mm -hmm. Are there other things that you'd like to share around leadership with your, um, you know, your experience? Sure. So I wrote a book um, a couple years ago now. It came out, well, not a couple of years ago, I guess. It came out in 2021 called You Don't Need to Be a Bitch to Be a Boss. And the premise of the book is really about (laughs) leading with empathy. Um, And some of what I tackle in the book is the importance of allowing your team to make mistakes. But I also specify the difference between a mistake and a misstep. Um, a misstep or a mishap is when it's someone in my my definition of it rather is when someone is just simply lazy or they're not doing their due diligence and things go awry uh-huh. versus someone who has their heart and soul like dedicated to the task and just makes a mistake right it was like no ill intention not because they were not you know, like fully engaged in whatever the task was and things of that nature so I I struggle with this as a leader every day even though I did write about it and I know it is important to allow your team to to make mistakes because then they can pick themselves up and then they can learn from the mistake. I mean, that's the plan, right? Mm -hmm. If they can't or they don't, then that's a whole other problem (laughs) that a leader slash boss may have on their hands. But let's just assume that they are that type of employee that does learn from their mistakes, et cetera, then they'll probably do better ne- even next time. It also enables them to have confidence in themselves because if you're the type of leader who's always hovering and not trusting and not allowing people to take a leap of faith, try it on their own, see where they go with it, then they're not going to have the confidence to do it themselves. And you're always going to sort of be like steering the ship, so to speak. Mm. But to that, you do need to still have check-ins. So I've like my philosophy, not for every single thing. I mean, certain tasks, I feel comfortable to know that they probably know more about certain things than I do at this point. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking like newer tasks that are somewhat like still kind of like not fully, I guess, experienced with, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I just want them to be checking in with me and updating me on how the progress is going. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to hover over them. But if I'm not hearing from them, then they're going to hear from me because I need to know too. Because at the end of the day, if they make a mistake, it's my mistake. And I understand that as, a, as an owner, you're always responsible. And I'll take the fall for all of them. Because at the end of the mm-hmm. day, the client hired me, not them, even though right. they hired the company on the company. So it's like a fine line. And it's, it's tricky. Yeah. I mean, certain employees kind of embrace that notion better than others. And some of them want more guidance, some of them don't want more guidance. So it's, it's tough. It's a very, it's like a lot of dynamics. There's a lot of different personalities in the boat, so to speak. So yeah, but it's important to, to let the la- the reins go a little bit and then just make sure you just don't let go. You just keep them in your hands loosely. And then when you need to kind of pull them in a little bit, then the, you're not starting from scratch basically. And, and that, and that sort of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I like the analogy of reins because uh, I had taken some horseback riding lessons a couple of years ago. And Oh, nice. The, uh, I did too. <laughs> I started that during the pandemic. It ended in the uh, pandemic, but I did. <laughs> yeah, I didn't <laughs> do it that short long. time. I really enjoy it. It's just my time's just so limited because of school. But when I'm done, I think I'd like to go back. It was a great workout too. I was shocked. My legs were so sore Yeah, and it was so peaceful. Yeah, and then, and my, I felt like I meditated for like I don't know. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just I had a reminiscing moment with my that's horse. Okay. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I really enjoyed it too. But I remember when I first started, they, they were like, 
you don't have to pull that hard. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know, the horse is actually very, very sensitive because I thought, you know, I had to like pull. Mm -hmm. And they Mm -hmm. were like, no, it's just a very subtle little movement of the hand. And so I like Mm -hmm. your analogy of the rain, because like you're saying, if you're really pulling hard, you're actually going to cause damage, right? Like you can hurt the horse Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. your employees know a lot or else you wouldn't have hired them. They're already very accomplished people. So I like the idea of just this gentle kind of, you know, you're there, you're holding on to the reins. The interesting thing, and I have this too, because I have nutritionists who work for me. And so, Uh yes, the clients are coming in through me, but ultimately they're working one-on-one with these, with my nutritionists. And it's an interesting dynamic because you have just the same thing with you. You have your client and then you have your staff and in vast majority of the cases, they get along beautifully and it's wonderful, right? But if there isn't, if there is an issue, it's kind of right. like, you know, you you have two different uh, parties here. It's almost like you become the parent sometimes. I yes, think. <laughs> yes. Like an attorney or no, like a judge, basically. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. I was just wondering if that makes it harder because your client could be saying something and then your employee is saying, well, actually something else, you know, it's delicate, right? Yeah, it is delicate. And I have some, I have had, as you're speaking, I've had some issues like that in the past. And what I basically have said, usually, thankfully, because I, I'm very hands-on with my clients, um, just because I, I, in my field, I have to be, it doesn't come up a lot. But in the past, there was one specific incident that comes to mind when you're saying that where I was at a shoot or something and my employee at the time was on a call with a client who had basically like sort of um, the history of being somewhat aggressive and abrasive and his personality left very little to be desired. He happened to be less, less so with me, but he was very much so with her. And I, she had shared this with me before and I knew that. So they had like a difference of opinion about something. I don't even remember what it was, but Uh, He was just mistaken about something, to be honest with you, but he wasn't allowing her to speak and explain what she was trying to say so he would understand what the issue was. And she, he kept yelling at her that she was talking over him. And so she, and then he basically fired our firm after that confrontation. (laughs) And she was very upset because she thought she caused it. I mean, she was upset with me, not with me, but, you know, expressed her emotions with me. And, you know, then he agreed to have a conversation. He was spoke very like hastily. So he recognized that he acted on kind of impulse and wanted to have a conversation with me. But he kept like, so she wasn't involved in this part of it. I just did a call with him like maybe the next day. And he was very much like she was talking over me. She's disrespectful and blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, that's really out of character for her. But I hear what you're saying. And I'm not saying that that's not accurate. I I need to talk to her. I need to get her, you know, um, a, you know, I need to get her side of the story and all of that. And I said, but, you know, you're my client. I'm going to make you happy. My, my, I'm here to serve you. Like, you know, I made it very clear. Then I spoke to her and she shared with me, like, basically what was probably the truth. And, you know, at the end of the day, I just said, well, she she was just, you know, she's sorry if, she, if it was interpreted that she spoke over you. But, you know, I think she was just trying to explain to you what you're asking for is feasible, but it needs to be done a certain way. And he wound up, not staying. I think like we have to like 
align ourselves with our team because our team is really us, but you also are there to serve the client. So it's difficult in that way. But I feel like, I don't know, like a partner, like a husband or a wife or whatever, right? In, in In your family of your company, you need to take their side. You can't throw them under the bus. Yeah. But in the same token, you also need to serve the client. So like you kind of like take the fall with them, apologizing for yourself and them in one breath, and then also try to make it right with the client. Am I explaining myself correctly? It's hard though. It's I've learned to say sorry a lot when I don't think I should. (laughs) But sometimes, you know, some battles are just not worth fighting because it's like you need, you can't be right. You can't win everything. You win in the end later, you know, for other, with other things. But sometimes it doesn't, not all, some fights are worth saying you're right. (laughs) Certain ones, certain ones are not. And I kind of, I'm pretty good at letting go when I don't need to like win the battle. It's better just to have peace. Yeah. And I always remind myself that poor behavior is, is almost always a result of some kind of hurt, right? Or fear. Somebody's afraid. Like this man, he probably was freaking out about something internally with his business and, you know, worried about this situation. And so he was reactionary. It sounds like his personality. Maybe he's like that all the time. I try to really be compassionate. I think that's the word that mm-hmm. I try to, you know, really try to bring into it. But um, it is delicate. And I agree with you. I think we have to, like you said, treat our the people with us like family. But honestly, I also want to treat mm-hmm. my clients like family too. But it's interesting because what with, with what we do, what you do is a partnership as well, right? Like the client mm-hmm. has to produce certain stuff, right? They have to be there. They have to be proactive. Mm-hmm. They have to show up. And it's the same thing with mm-hmm. us. It's, it's like if one side is not giving mm-hmm. and then they're complaining, then it's like, well, you know, we, we both have to come and bring our stuff to the table. And, right. And, and they have to know, abide by whatever the nutritional guidelines you're sharing and the advice you're giving them. And right. if they sit there and they're eating like ice cream cones and <laughs> right. whatever else, and then they're annoyed that, you know, what are you going to do? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I like to think of it as, no matter what, I, I believe where there's a will, there's a way. If somebody is mm-hmm. committed, we can help them. But mm-hmm. sometimes people just don't really have the commit. They think they do, but then they realize that they don't. Maybe you know, it, mm-hmm. it's pretty rare because we kind of structure it in a way that you got to be committed to be in this program. You know what I mean? Like right. you're not going to commit to this length of time and this financial, you know, amount if you're not yeah, committed. Yeah, no, sure. And yeah. your your programs are the same way, I think. So it, it's a very interesting journey. And but I, I'm glad you brought that up about the team because, uh, and also in particular that uh, you know we have to stand by our teams. Yes, we. You need to stand by your team, even if they're wrong. You still stand by your team to the client. You know again, not defending them necessarily, just accepting the blame with them. And then you address it with your team privately between between you and your yeah. team. Yeah. 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 And I like the distinction you made between a mistake and a mishap. Uh, like <laughs> if somebody's truly, whether they don't have the skills or they're just not committed, you know, as, as mm-hmm. an employee, as a worker, that's a problem, right? Everybody makes mistakes. I make mistakes, of course. You I know, just, I, you know, gosh, I, I love time. to share. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what I, I would like to add? It's important for you to let your employees know when you make a mistake and not try to cover it up. Mm. Because if they see that you're human, authentic, yeah. and you make mistakes, then it's okay. But, but then I'll show them what I'm doing to fix the mistake. So they you know, make it more of a, like, a learning experience, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. Wow. Well, this has been incredible. We we kind of really the topics that we discussed are are very dynamic. I think you know yeah, burnout and then <laughs> leadership, but I think it's really important because so many people in the professional world, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're you know an executive in a company or something, taking care of the body is so important and the mindset and and mm-hmm. you know being with a team that you love and that you support and they support you that's part of mental wellness as well right mm-hmm. that's I, I believe that anything that we could talk about relating to leadership could relate back to our own you know the machine <laughs> the machine running well yeah I think that was that was very interesting and helpful yeah, I appreciate your time today. Do you want to yeah. just talk a little bit about your company, a little bit more about sure. what you do? I know because I, I I found the whole idea of, of PR just fascinating. You know, that's why I reached out to you and, and we spoke and all. But what, what what's your day to day like? You you deal with the media. You um. You, do you go on TV or it's your clients on TV? Oh my gosh, every day is so different. So I'll. I'll just quickly tell your listeners. So I, I was a for, I'm a former news anchor reporter and I use my journalism background to help business leaders grow and propel and brand themselves in the media as a thought leader. So now, 20 years later, having started my company, um, back in 2003, I pitch news stories on behalf of my clients based on whatever it is that they specialize in. So for you, um, Jill, obviously being in the nutrition lane, I would be pitching like, okay, the Super Bowl is coming up. Like, what can you eat that's healthy? Like, or what are healthy alternatives for um, the Super Bowl sweat, like spread or what have you? Making this up, obviously, off the fly. That's good. <laughs> um, that's or good. superfoods, <laughs> like what the 411 on, if it's like May, like strawberry season, like why are strawberries so great? What's in strawberries or whatever, you know, the case may be. Just basically get you, your name out there in the media. It's it's a third party messenger. It's super credible to say the least, as opposed to, you know, it's important to do social media and stuff like that too. But right. that's obviously your own channel as opposed to like a mainstream news network or what have you. And it's all editorial, it's all free. So everything is earned media, which is also extremely credible too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a that's very awesome. fast way of explaining it. But yeah, that's essentially what I do. Yeah, I love it. Oh. That's so, so cool. It's definitely uh, something I'm interested in doing. Um, hopefully not too, too far future. So, but thank you so much, Mindy, for being here today. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to that episode with my friend, Mindy Barnett. And Mindy has a company, as we mentioned in the podcast, called MB and Associates. And that MB stands for Mindy Barnett. And they are a public relations, branding, social media, and event planning firm. So as she mentioned, they help uh, businesses to get mentioned by third-party sources, such as the Wall Street Journal and Good Morning America and NBC and all those cool things. So uh, that's pretty awesome stuff that Mindy does. You can also check out um, Mindy's uh, personal brand website, which is mindybarnett.com. And you can order her book. It's called You Don't Need to Be a Bitch to Be a Boss how to flaunt femininity, embrace empathy, and win with a vengeance. So that sounds pretty awesome. Check out her website, check out her book, and those links will be in the show notes. Also, I invite you to check out our website, which is winweightloss.com. And win is W-Y-N for with your nature. So we have an approach to wellness, women's health, weight loss, 
hormonal balancing and high performance that is totally unique and different because we operate in a completely different paradigm than the typical approach to health and wellness and weight loss and all of that stuff, menopause, in the sense of, you know, it's it's always around you're not good enough and it's fear-based and it's, you know, I have to I have to change everything around and I'm not good enough the way I am. It's 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 actually capitalizing on your insecurities and your fears. We reject all of that and we say, hey, come over and hang out with us because our approach is a paradigm that's based in love, compassion, forgiveness, and easing your way through the process of losing weight or balancing your hormones in, in perimenopause, or even just, you know, if you're a high-performing individual like Mindy, and you want to have it all, you know, you want to be healthy and you would like to be successful in your career and not have to compromise your health, you can do that. And there are ways to do that. Uh, so that's a lot of the fun, exciting stuff that I am totally passionate about. And so is my team. And we are here for you. We are here to help you. So check out winweightloss.com. But you can also join us in our free community, which is on Mighty Networks. That's a community platform. And uh, it's the Win platform there. So you can join. And uh, it's just a wonderful gathering place for women who are aspiring to be their best, who are saying, you know what, I'm not going to settle. I want it all. I want to be happy and healthy and successful in my entire life. So that's what I'm after. Come and join us on our platform. And the all of the links that I mentioned will be in the show notes. So check us out.